It's Friday, February 16th. Today's WBFO brief was recorded at around 8.30 in the morning. This is WBFO News. The federal government is giving its support to the $1 billion makeover of the Kensington Expressway. According to the Buffalo News, Governor Kathy Hochul will be in Buffalo this morning to discuss the plans after the U.S. Department of Transportation reviewed the environmental assessment of the project and found it it would have, quote-unquote, no significant impact. Community members have raised health concerns over the project, while the Eastside Parkways Coalition has been calling for restoration of the section of the Humboldt Parkway that was removed to allow for the highway construction. A $260 million plan to redevelop the Commodore Perry Homes appears ready to move forward. The Buffalo Municipal Housing Authority and Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown have pieced together a complex funding package that will demolish 24 vacant apartment buildings on the 19-acre site on Louisiana Street. In their place will be 27 buildings that include 405 residential units with 8,000 square feet of commercial space. The Buffalo Office of Strategic Planning has requested the Common Council approve the use of $5 million in Restore NY funds that will be used to start the project. And a Buffalo man will spend one year in jail for stealing parking meters in the city of Buffalo. According to the District Attorney's Office, 51-year-old Peter Christopher stole 91 parking meters from various locations in downtown Buffalo in 2023. Christopher pleaded guilty to one count of attempted grand larceny. The Erie County Democratic Committee is giving its full support to April Baskin in her run for the state Senate. Currently chair of the Erie County Legislature, Baskin was appreciative. The committee voted unanimously last night in favor of her over Buffalo Common Council member Mitch Nowakowski. Over the next four months, there is a constituency made up of 314,000 people whose trust and whose vote I must earn. I am dedicated to knocking every single door humanly possible across the 63rd District so that I can get to know you, I got to get to know your family, and I have to get to know your concerns. Because when I go to Albany, I will be a reflection of you. The Senate seat is being vacated by Tim Kennedy, who is running for Congress. The Erie County Republican Committee has not yet announced if they'll field a candidate to challenge Baskin. Seneca Nation President Ricky Armstrong Sr. is telling two oil companies they will no longer be allowed to provide gas on the nation territory. Buffalo News reports that Crossit uh, Inc. of Warren, Pennsylvania and Meltzer's Fuel Service of Pennsylvania, Ohio, hadn't obtained the proper permits or paid the required fees to provide fuel to stations on Seneca Territory. And the city of Buffalo will host its annual Black History Month celebration at City Hall. This afternoon, that celebration takes place at noon. It will also include an awards presentation and also a book signing by Mark Talley in his book, 514, The Day the Devil Came to Buffalo. The WBFO Brief Podcast is made possible by Canisius University. Join Canisius on Saturday, March 2nd for a Discovery Day event to learn how your high school student can prepare for college now. Register today at canisius.edu visit. Uh, some sad news from the Buffalo Zoo uh, informing us that their uh, male silverback gorilla Koga uh, passed away earlier this week. Koga was born in 1987 at the Bronx Zoo lived the first seven years of his life in the Bronx before moving to Memphis, where he lived for 13 years. And then he came to the Buffalo Zoo in April of 2007. Uh, officials say Koga's death was unexpected. 
uh, but he had been under veterinary care for heart disease for many years. His age, they say, a testament to some of the care that he received. The medium life, median life expectancy for male gorillas is 32.7 years. For Theater Talk on WBFO, I'm Anthony Chase. And I'm Peter Hall. And the national tour of Funny Girl is playing in town at Shays. I arrived back in town breathlessly. I was, of course, out of town again. I went to the wake for Cheetah Rivera on Monday. Very sad occasion, but a nice opportunity to contemplate and to commune with people who had been important in her life. There will be a proper Broadway-style memorial in the summer. And then tomorrow night, the lights of Broadway will be dimmed at 7.45 for Cheetah. So you're out of town, but still you managed to get to some local shows. I did. Before it closed, I got out to Lancaster Opera House to catch Rehearsal for Murder, which, as the title would imply, yes, that is everything you would hope it would be. This is two-dimensional characters and lots of plot twists. And so that style of theater that dinner theaters are known for, though our own local dinner theater departs from that model a lot. But I did see their show, too. Neil Simon's I Ought to Be in Pictures. An appealing production, but this is the kind of theater where the laugh goes here, whack. You land the jokes where they belong, which would not necessarily be the way that they would be done in a Broadway house. I think of the example of the great Neil Simon comedies, which had been directed by Mike Nichols, where he historically did not allow the actors in Barefoot in the Park to ask for laughs. And it was like, well, what are you talking about? That's what comedy is. And he went, no, 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 we will get a much bigger payoff if you reveal the reality and the humanity of these people. These are real people in an absurd situation. But in community theaters, dinner theaters, high schools across the country, they are done just for the laugh goes here. Whack. And it's fun. It is fun. And, of course, great food out at Bobby J's, part of the Desiderios Dinner Theater experience. I have got to say, it is a very nice restaurant. Sometimes I used to try to go out there without having dinner, and I'll just pop in for the show. Jay did not like that. Jay Desiderio, I'm talking about. He is the impresario of that venue, and he would say, this is dinner theater. <laughs> Two words, dinner theater. Right, and I have never regretted <laughs> eating dinner there. <laughs> but I ought to be in pictures with Desiderio's regular Lisa Hinka, Dave Lundy, and Regan Zuber. No one writes comic dialogue better than Neil Simon did. And no one extends a run like Jay Desiderio. This goes all the way through March. So, Oh, Labor Day. I think it goes through Labor Day. <laughs> well, you're exaggerating a little bit, sir, but you get the idea. <laughs> well, I went to American Repertory Theatre. Walked upstairs, 545 Elmwood Avenue. They're putting on, again, one of those plays inspired by a musical group. This year, the group is The Clash, and the play is called London Calling. Now, I have to tell Clash fans, it's not a jukebox musical. You're not going to sit there and get song after song after song. But it is a rather clever compendium of authors who all worked in unison to create a drama inspired by various Clash songs. Kudos to all involved. Very well done, and I am not a Clash fan. <laughs> well, I think we both saw the Jewish Repertory Theatre production of Diane Samuels' play Kinder Transport, and it is a handsome production. It is a first-rate cast in this production, which is about three different problematic mother-daughter relationships. It's set in an attic, but it is an attic that is going to be rife with memories of a troubled past. And figuring into this is the 1938-39 Kindertransport, when in the months leading up to World War II, 
thousands of mostly Jewish children were sent without their parents to Great Britain to save them from the Nazis. This is background to the story. That is not the story. It is about the not merely difficult but impossible choices people have under such a circumstance. I'm glad you said that. This is not the story. This is background to the story because folks think they're going to a dry history play. It is nothing of that. Yes, you get the history, but only to illustrate this incredibly intense family drama. Right. At times I felt that the production, which is directed by Saul Elkin, is so focused on the gravitas of the situation, about the overarching importance of this historic moment, that some of the nuance of the piece itself is glossed over, that it is a bit prone to thrilling melodramatic voices, which, of course, audiences adore. They adore that sort of chewing of the scenery. But I, when I've seen the play before, <laughs> there's a bit more Chekhov and a bit less Sarah Bernhard. <laughs> but it is a good evening at the theatre. So, until next time, heading out to Funny Girl at Shays for a theatre talk on WBFO. I'm Peter Hall. And I'm Anthony Chase. Don't forget to like or subscribe so you can help others find this podcast. And if you love it, leave a review too. The WBFO Brief Podcast and the award-winning journalism of WBFO's news team are made possible by our members. Thank you for listening. 